0: What does motion sound like? With Kizikans Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. Standing here on the banks of the Anacostia, I see Nationals Park just across the river. But what I can't see, at least not yet, is a Therma. See, that company, wants to build a half billion dollar wellness center right here on Poplar Point. The water park slash bathing house slash spa would span at least 10 baseball fields. Now, Poplar Point is just one of the sites it's really looking into. RFK is another one of those sites. But Therma, the Austrian company, has signed an agreement with the city to really look for a landing site for one of these Thermas. And Mayor Muriel Bowser is really excited about this prospect. We are always thinking about more ways to bring people to Washington. It's really like nothing we've experienced, part spa, part water park. But before we go any further, you know, what is a Therma? Standing outside the DuPont Metro Center one weekend, I asked dozens of people walking past whether they've ever heard of a Therma.
1: No, no. What is that?
0: No, it sounds interesting, though. Who better to figure this out than the chief development officer of Therma Group U.S., Omar Torrafranca.
1: I mean, we're definitely the antithesis to the metaverse.
0: He comes on the show to tell us what Therma is and why he thinks DC should have one. Omar, welcome to the DMV Download podcast.
1: Thanks, Luke. Thanks for having me today. So, you know, first, we just got to
0: jump right into it and say, what is Therma? You know, I think a lot of people here in the D.C. region, you know, saw the mayor's announcement and said, you know, whoa, what is this company? These renderings are incredible. So if you could first briefly just tell us what Therma is.
1: So Therma is water-based recreation and communal bathing at scale. The idea is that you come in and enjoy thermal waters, heat therapy, access to nature, through our indoor landscape spaces, exposure to art and interesting things that you wouldn't normally see in an indoor water park, and use all of these different experiences, including, you know, nourishing food and access to drinks and, and beverages that, you know, remind you that we're all made of the things that brought us to this world. We're all made of natural elements. and. We're all made of the connections we can build with one another in that context.
0: Hmm. So it sounds more than just a water park. There seems to be kind of some underlying mission, which is, you know, we're all kind of together. There's kind of some Zen vibes I'm I'm kind of feeling from the release and just talking to you. Is that an accurate take?
1: Yeah, I think we very much want to build a community around wellness. And we want to do it in partnership with people who are already doing this in neighborhoods throughout DC, throughout the various cities that we're looking to build Therma in. And we feel like unless we're in dialogue with the community, we're not really tapping into all of the knowledge, all of the practices, all of the history of how people take care of themselves and take care of one another in communities.
0: Mm. So, you know, if it's built here in DC, and we'll get to that if part later on, but you know, it would be the first site in the US And there are other sites kind of internationally. Can you tell us about what those sites look like so we can know what to expect?
1: Sure. I think the best example is our site in Bucharest, Romania. It's a large-scale, state-of-the-art architecture that reads as infrastructure by virtue of how big it is, right? You approach it and you feel like you might be arriving at a museum or something at the scale of an airport terminal. But as you get closer, you start to realize that it's got tons of plants, right? Upwards of 5,000 trees and plants. There's water. Uh, there's humidity in the air. There's a sense of salinity, right? Salt in the air that you might experience on the coast. And all of that is part of thermal bathing, is you know changing your expectations about what it's like to walk into an air-conditioned space and instead reminding your body that you know warmth is good right relaxing letting go of the tension in your shoulders and starting to really appreciate the environment as something that um you know reconnects you with nature hopefully
0: you know and this all sounds fantastic even just now it's kind of lulled into this vision that you just cast but you know why not just walk into a a forest you know what's the big draw here for creating you know solidly huge infrastructure to create or mimic what nature already provides
1: So hopefully you have walked through a forest. If we do this right, you will have taken an urban trail or ridden your bike to the Therma. You might arrive by kayak and get off the kayak and then walk a couple 100 yards to the front door of the Therma. Um, The reason you might choose to experience a Therma is because you're gonna have unique uh, experiences that aren't necessarily the same as you will experience only in nature, right? Again, coming together, Having a, a kind of ritual around wellness that is intentional, right? That gives you access to different aspects of the well being process, whether it's for mental health or physical health or a combination of the two. Uh, you can sort of augment that in the context of a therma because it's not just the location, it's also the different kinds of experiences you might have within the location that gives you a new perspective on on your own wellness, because it's a process of discovering what works for you and trying new things and also learning from what works from other people and increasing exposure to some things that maybe are ancient and have long been forgotten or set aside um, in order to privilege, you know, uh, medicine or pharmaceutical solutions or, you know, kind of more intensive approaches to fixing things rather than just understanding that our bodies age and just like bodies, uh, sorry, just like plants, you know, sometimes we, we, we sort of molt, right? We, we evolve, we enter a new stage of our life and have to adapt to those real conditions. Mm.
0: Is what's motivating it a thought that society has kind of gotten unattached, that we're, you know, now too far away from some of these core things that Therma is trying to provide?
1: I mean, we're definitely the antithesis to the metaverse. I mean, everybody talks about what it's like to connect virtually and the suspicions around the impact that AI will have on life moving forward are all valid and many are driven by fear. Also, many are driven by curiosity. Uh, Fear and curiosity are not bad things, but they're also not sort of the only way to exist in the world. So Mm. if you're looking for a kind of sound footing in the present, right, in the things that aren't speculative, in one's experience of the moment of air, of light, of water, of nature, and of the effect of those elements on one's body, then, you know, you need alternatives to the metaverse. And we think of ourselves as Hmm. the kind of uh, modern-day Roman baths, right, the place in which community comes together to talk about these issues and hopefully have a shared experience. Hmm. And why,
0: you know, D.C.? You know, it's kind of an uptight city, I think I can say, that as being, you know, born and raised here, growing up here and having a career here now. You know, people are kind of rigid and sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, this like kind of chill, you know, zen vibe. Does Is it going to mesh? Is it going to go together, you know, well? I'm kind of curious why Therma chose D.C. as its possible first site in the U.S.
1: So I think a lot of the work we do when developing a Therma is community-based work to understand what's happening locally. And you know, in the context of DC, there are multiple DCs, right? There's yeah. DC east of the river, east of the Anacostia, and there's DC west and there's northern DC and there's downtown DC. And because of its scale, it is a representation of so many other American cities where the dynamics of the haves and have nots have played out over decades In a real concentrated way and you know whether we evaluate new york sites in new york la or dallas we see the same version of the dynamics that we're starting to experience in dc Mm. and you know it's part of a larger discussion about the role of urban development or large-scale development In helping improve urban conditions for everybody, right? Not just for those who can buy themselves access to the most affluent zip codes and kind of wall themselves off from uh, other parts of the the city or the communities um, where there might be adversity. And so if we're talking about wellness at scale, we really have to think about the conditions, the day-to-day conditions and situations that affect people's lives in some of the communities that don't have access to a $150 spa for a couple of hours on a weekend day, and instead focus on everybody else, how they learn something about their bodies, about nature, about themselves in the context of thermal bathing, again, much like the Roman baths.
0: We've been hearing from Omar Torafranca the chief development officer of Therma Group US, the guy that's really overseeing the possible construction of a wellness center in DC after the break we'll talk money you know how much is it going to cost to enter a thermo if constructed here in the nation's capital stick around And we're back. Omar, so how much is it going to cost for someone to enter a Therma if it's constructed here in D.C.? You know, is it going to be free like the Smithsonian's? That would be wonderful. Or is it going to be closer to, you know, a day at the spa? $150, $200?
1: Definitely not closer to the higher end of the luxury market for spas. You know, we're on the polar opposite, trying to lower the barriers to entry and make sure that as many people can come to Therma as possible. And that's based on an entry ticket price. Right now, it's an assumption based on studies for the U.S. market of around $45 uh, an individual.
0: And is that for the whole day?
1: We uh, experience that people tend to buy a three or four hour ticket. And then a lot of those people choose to stay longer, five, six hours, and, you know, end up having potentially two meals in the facility, you know, taking care of yourself is also uh, kind of energy intensive, right? And so at some point you get really hungry and you want to go try all (laughs) kinds of different offerings and food. Mm. Interesting.
0: Wow. I mean, it's, it really is fascinating, you know, as, as a thought, but it might be a reality and that's going to take a lot of money. It's going to take, you know, a location in DC. I'm sure as you know, in your research, land in D.C. you know, is not cheap. Finding 11 football fields worth of space to create this sort of experience is going to be difficult. How has that search been going for a location for Therma inside D.C. city
1: limits? Well, thanks for the question. I mean, I think it's like any large-scale development, full of challenges and opportunities. And the opportunities that we have encountered are really to work with government to find the right location right mayor bowser has been incredibly supportive of our efforts the announcement in may is just the beginning of ongoing conversations to figure out what makes the most sense and you know while you know rfk stadium is being torn down and has been speculated as a potential site for us we're also very much intrigued by poplar point and the prospect of a land transfer between the federal government and the district of columbia that has long been on the books and right that's a about 110 acres that would become a combination of parkland and mixed-use development and we think that a therma would be an ideal use for a portion of the mixed use development we're also very unique as a large-scale development that physically might be compared to a stadium or or an arena in terms of scale but practically on a day-to-day basis we are nothing like those facilities Mm. Uh, an arena might host 200 events a a night and employ people for four to five hours in, you know, relatively low paying jobs in the food service and janitorial industry and security type jobs. Whereas, you know, we're going to operate 365 days a year, 10 to 12 hours a day, depending on if it's a weekday or a weekend. And that generates a certain kind of employment and access to career ladders within the wellness industry that we're very proud of. And so when we're talking to the government of the District of Columbia, um, Mayor Bowser's team, DEMPED, or pretty much any government across the US, I mean, part of the conversation is, what jobs are we creating? What kinds of jobs are they? Are they sustainable? Are there opportunities for growth within um, the, the career ladders? And the answer is is lots of jobs, in very interesting uh, you know, areas for growth and per- personal fulfillment that we hope will be attractive to many communities. And so that's definitely part of the equation of figuring out where we might fit, but also what we contribute to the economy of um, the, the city.
0: You know, so sort of acting more like a mall with a Roman bathhouse combined, I've been trying to figure out some way to describe, you know, this unique sort of place.
1: So in terms of the number of people we hope to attract, and we we do operate similarly to a a regional mall in terms of um, our catchment area, yes.
0: And now, you know, with any major development uh, questions of, you know, the climate and how it will affect, you know, the area, you know, is there climate assurances you all have in your development plan that D.C. residents can kind of look to and
1: have solace in? So there's no large-scale site that can accept us that doesn't have some form of environmental baggage, right? And that baggage is something that any large-scale development has to take on and do it in concert with the community. We wouldn't dare to know all of the history of the community, but in the context of the land transfer, particularly at Anacostia, neighboring Anacostia and Poplar Point. There's an opportunity to look at the environmental cleanup issues in the context of future development that we take head on, right? We're going to have to really understand the issues but also be part of the solution. We plan to build a lead certified facility. Um, our facility in Bucharest is the largest uh, platinum certified facility of its kind in Europe. And you know, that sets a standard by which we hope to create change and, and dialogue around environmental issues, not just within the facility, but also surrounding us. You know,
0: it sounds fantastic, but will it actually happen? I think there's a lot of skepticism out there just because it seems so grandiose and so different. Uh, what is your response to those skeptics who are like, wow, I, you know, this sounds great, but I don't know if it's really gonna happen in this city. We can't get a you know, new <laughs> football stadium here. How are we gonna get a, a Therma here?
1: You know, I think a lot of it is willpower and it comes down to individuals and working with community to captivate their, you know, imagination and also um, to channel their energy, right? If we do our job over the next couple of months, next 12 months, uh, we will connect and make enough partnerships in communities that will add up, hopefully, to momentum and the kind of momentum that overcomes, you know, real challenges. Like I mentioned, there's the environmental aspects of things. There's the scale. There's, you know, uh, just the difficulty of getting things done between different parties in government and even within different interest groups in a particular neighborhood or community. Our ability uh, collectively at Therma US, you know, led by John Schuller, who's our executive chairman, and Robbie Hammond, who was founder of The High Line, coupled with my experience in architecture and master planning and all the work I've done in government relations and community relations, is a good start, right? We know we can't do it alone. And we really are, you know, intentfully seeking the right partners in the community to make sure that we benefit from their energy and their passion, hopefully for what we're doing.
0: Well Omar, you know, I've learned so much about Therma from this conversation. You know, but I want to give you one last kind of time to say anything that's on your mind that you think we should know uh, if we haven't covered it already.
1: Yeah, I really want people to think of Therma as an urban oasis, the kind of place that is unlike most experiences in the modern-day American city, and it really is the dawning of a new era, if you will, where putting one's individual mental and physical health ahead of the preoccupations that most people have, which is, you know, getting to work, uh, staying fit, being attractive to others, friends and partners are set aside in order to really take care of the things that matter, right? Emotional stability, feeling like you are part of a community and a group and having the kind of wellness and perspective From the day-to-day challenges of life that you can go to bed and sleep well at the end of the day feeling like you're taking care of yourself
0: well omar thank you so much for you know making the time and sharing what's to come possibly to come with therma in dc
1: thank you luke it's been a pleasure
0: and before we go you know i really should say i did some digging into who's really financially backing therma you know they have four active spa sites around the world And they're actively developing five others from South Korea to the UK to Canada. And now, you know, they're looking for even more sites to build on in D.C., Los Angeles and New York in the United States. Which begs the question, you know, who is really funding these half billion dollar spas around the world? I asked Omar this question and he said, really, the main funder is a company called A-Heat. It's a manufacturer of HVAC and air conditioning units. It's really a conglomerate and they have a wide stretch across the world. And he says this HVAC company, you know, wants to invest so much money into Therma because their technology is really core to what creates that wonderful experience inside the Therma. The only problem is Aheat, that company I mentioned, is private. You know, it's not publicly listed. So I couldn't figure out who is really behind it. Who's financially backing this HVAC company that's backing Therma? When I reached out to Mayor Bowser's administration, I asked them specifically if they knew who's funding Therma and who would potentially be funding this huge development on Poplar or RFK sites. They didn't have a hard answer for me, but I think that's something to really be thinking about as this process goes along, you know? Where's this money coming from? And I'll be working to figure that answer out. And that'll do it for us today here on the DMV Download Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like the show, tell a friend, stranger, family member, anyone really, spread the word. And this show is brought to you by WTOP News. Have a great week. We'll talk Wednesday.